I'm Mo Amir, a basic bro podcaster who loves yoga, kombucha, politics, and stand-up comedy. And I'm Megan Edwards, a radio announcer, author, and entertainment reporter who has a strong opinion about, well, about almost everything. We connected after both appearing on a reality TV dating show where neither of our dates worked out because... Well, let's be honest, we didn't have our shit together. But here we are, offering you life lessons that we learned the hard way. This is Get Your Shit Together with Megan Edwards and Mo Amir, two people who do not have their shit together. My name is Mo Amir. And I'm Megan Edwards. And today on Get Your Shit Together, we are joined by a guy that makes the crowds lose their shit on the dance floor, on their commute. (laughs) Today we're talking to a guy that I've worked with on the radio for seven and a half years, believe it or not, at The Beat, which is now Virgin Radio. Uh, But he's been in the entertainment industry for over 20 years. He got his first kitty turntable at seven years old. He was a dancer, he rapped, and eventually started DJing at 14 years old. Since then, he's opened for Jay-Z, DJed for KRS-One and Raekwon of the Wu-Tang Clan, DJed at We Day, had Selena Gomez say his name, which he plays often on the radio, and also hosts the 5 o'clock Traffic Jam every day on Virgin Radio. His name is Philip Cabrita, but you probably know him as DJ Flipout. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to have you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, Yeah, this is fun. So the name of the show is Get Your Shit Together and Flip yeah. Out. We, we've talked a little bit about this. You have a life lesson that you want to share with us, a life lesson that you learned the hard way. Mm-hmm. Right. right on us. Um, so my life lesson would be, and I've gone a long time of, mm-hmm. of following this lesson. I mean, <laughs> here I am 25 years later uh, from when I first kind of started to DJ, is that, um, you know, no matter what your um, – no matter what your passion is and no matter what you're you're really passionate about you should always just stick to it no matter if you get support from who you w- wish or think that you need support from right. or not like you yeah. should just stick to it even if it's it seems like it's um hopeless uh, yeah kind of or like not helpful right. at the at the you know at the least of it yeah, and you told me the other day that you kind of started everything when you were super young, like your passion for DJing or wanting to DJ when you were like seven years old. Yeah, you say you got your first kitty turntable yeah. at seven. So yeah. clearly you stuck to this, right? Yeah, you believed it's, in it. it's one of those uh, turntables looks like a little suitcase. It's for kids. Oh, that's so oh. cute. And, and I it got opens. it as a kid. Yeah, and I had a, it was from my, my godmother and uh, it was a turntable and it had a, a record on the bottom of it. Oh my goodness! And um, like in the pa- in the Christmas packaging, whatever. Sure. Yeah. And I was like, "What is this weird?" Because squ- the record was slightly bigger than the turntable. I'm like, "I don't know what this is." And I actually peeked <laughs> in the wrapping, <laughs> and I just saw like a black box. I didn't know what the hell it was. <laughs> so when I opened it up, I was like, "It was a turntable." I was always fascinated with my dad's like hi-fi system. Okay. Yeah. And it had a Pinocchio uh, picture disc. Pinocchio. Album. So that was my first <laughs> record I ever owned. That is amazing. I got no strings to hold me down oh, to make all that. I remember listening to that record and just. And were you like, like scratching uh, on that, that song? That came, yeah, I did. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Maybe not that song. I can point out specific songs of my dad's of records like. Tom Jones, there was one record that had like a snare at the beginning. Yeah. There's a song called She's a Lady. Yeah. And it starts like, and I used to scratch the snare. And that's literally where I learned how to start scratching. Taught yourself how to scratch? Yeah. And just knew what sounded good? Well, I saw rap music. It was new. Yeah. Right. 
And I remember, this is something that I have, actually haven't thought about in a long time. Um, I remember making the transition because I was really been into really been into music and I had an older brother, yeah. six years older than me, and an older sister, four years older than me. So me and my brother are like, a, it's like a huge generation. Like for that era, it's it was, he seems like he's like, like an adult right. when I'm like 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, plus he had like a mustache and he was like 15. <laughs> but um, so I was really into uh, whatever was around the house. So I yeah. listened to the AM radio. You know, I listened to 80s. But my brother was listening, was into Iron Maiden mm-hmm. and like heavy metal, but also into Sting and like some new wave stuff. Right. Okay. And also had like all the Beatles on cassette. Like all these mixtapes of Beatles. So I remember I used to take, I used to listen to all the Beatles music. Like that was what I gravitated to. That's kind of cool. And like Steve Miller Band was like my favorite music. Then when I discovered hip hop, it was just like a a switch. Mm -hmm. I just listened to only hip hip hop. hop. Yeah. (laughs) And like, um, and then finding out that like some hip hop songs, very popular ones, sampled Steve Miller was crazy to me. Right. Yeah. It's just I remember it was a, a huge shift, mm-hmm. and, and then yeah. I'm just curious. Like, so, at what age did you realize like this is what I want to do? I mean, obviously you gravitated towards music. You had these turntables as a kid. Your right. godmother planted the seed. Yeah, she sure did. But when did you realize like this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life? Um, I don't think I've ever told myself that. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of like, you know. 20 years, I'm 18 years on 94.5 on that radio That's setting. That's crazy. Wow. This month. Wow. Yeah. So I got, I was there when the when the beat launched in 2002. So I remember look, thinking of other people on like Z95 and like, mm-hmm. I forget the person's name, like popular people, like they've been there for five years. And I'm like, oh my God, imagine if I could stay on the radio for five years. Because <laughs> it was a lifelong dream. Like, because like I said, I grew up listening to the radio. Right. Yeah. So like I listened to LG 73 to 1040 Kicks. These are all like old AM stations. Um, and then Z95.3. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it, it, it promised to be like a dance station. Yeah. Um, but it didn't. <laughs> they right. they did all this testing and then when they actually launched it wasn't what they promised it would be. Totally. Um but a little bit of trivia, my boss now launched that station. He was 19, Curtis Strange. Did he? Yeah, oh, really? Curtis Strange was on air at Z95.3 when he was oh, 19 yes, years I old. I heard that. Wow. Yeah, and now he's my boss. <laughs> and my boss too. Yeah, our boss. Yeah. So things like that it's like I never I just I've just stuck with it because I've really been into it and yeah. I've been into the way that it changes. It's always challenging because um, the music changes and the technology changes. Yeah. So I've Ever had, evolving. Yeah. So it's if we're talking about radio, like I've had colleagues and people like my friends that I remember when we were all there was used to be like a whole bunch of mixed DJs on on the radio on ninety four point five, and like a friend of mine was like, "Man, don't you get sick of t- playing like fucking Gaga like every day?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I actually don't." Oh, you don't? No. I'm like, mm. no, I don't. And I don't ever walk into the radio and be like, fuck, again? Yeah. Because I caught myself doing that a, f- a couple times when I'd have to go in on a weekend to finish like our rap show that we got to put on a major market station. Yeah. You know, at like 1 a.m. 1 on a Saturday night, but fucking who cares? Like yeah. I would go in earlier and I would be like, oh man, this fucking room again. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, I can't. Because if I wasn't doing that, yeah. I would be pretty sad. Like I totally. often imagine, if I was, if I wasn't on the radio and I heard someone else doing what I used to do, yeah. and it was something that that 
I did to fuck up my job, yeah. <laughs> man, I don't think I would be cool. I've thought about that too, actually, because everyone has their bad days. Right. And you go and you're like, oh, not today. I, I don't want to do this today. And I thought I could be like waiting tables or something, which is fine if you want to do that. I don't want to do that. Right. Um, and so I'm like, I am lucky. I got to remember I am lucky to be here. Yeah. So it's good that you had that realization. Yeah. And you're not going in being like, oh, again. Traffic jam, uh, Lady Gaga, Bieber, or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's really good. you know, that's that exactly. So um, let's get to when you were 14 years old. Sure. And uh, you kind of were like, I'm, I'm going to be a DJ now. Like, I'm just, this is the thing. I mean, it was like, I'm going to DJ. Mm-hmm. And okay, I have to have another job. I have to have a job, you know? So yeah. I have... So I'm working at Wendy's. Mm-hmm. You're 14. 14 because That's early Mc- to get a job at Wendy's. Yeah. Well, Wendy's hires when you're 14. Oh. Uh, McDonald's <laughs> hires when you're 16. Okay. So I I literally wanted to work at McDonald's and then heard that Wendy's was hiring. Sure. I, 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 <laughs> didn't didn't I, wait. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked at Wen- <laughs> Wendy's at Grandview and the, still there Grandview and Boundary. Oh right. Oh cool. And uh, I would get my check and. Every two weeks, it would be like 80-something dollars, and I'd literally oh. go to the record store downtown Vancouver on the bus, um, on and the store was on Pender, and I would buy like five records. Oh, my God. And, that's my, and that was my check. Yeah. And it was like rap records that I saw on Much Music that I want really wanted to have. Right. Then I would have those, and me and my friend were, were discovering DJing, mm-hmm. and um, we would just like try to understand um how to play these records in order because i got all these clues throughout high school like i had friends who were like my my cousin's a dj and later to find out his cousin was like one of the pioneering kind of hip-hop djs in the city so i could oh cool yeah like uh who is it uh dj zuli z and like ali khan like these brown dudes were like playing dope fucking r&b right and like you know like and they were like way ahead so I had my friend Nabil, and Nabil was like, yeah, but you know, you got to play the song. I played him a mixtape. Like, listen to all these records I have. He's like, you got to play the songs at the same time. Right. And I'm like, okay. So I went, and I did a mix, and I just kind of like played them at the same time, like over each other near the end. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. That's terrible. You have to, they have to match. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell do you mean they have to match? I was like, fuck, what do you mean? So me and my, me and my friend who I started DJing with, Sudhir, we're thinking like, what the fuck? How do we do this? And then yeah. we're looking at this magazine. It's like Street Sound Magazine had a chart. In the middle, there's BPM, this number. And we're like, what the hell is BPM? Yeah. And the city is like, beats per minute. Oh, my God. It beats per minute. So we got a stopwatch, and we started counting the beats of the record. Whoa. Which wow. now cool. yeah. which now the Serato will count for you. Yeah. You put the song in MP3, and it has everything. It shows you the key now. Wow. Which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so we're like, holy shit. So then we started like counting the records, labeling all the records. So, my God. And wow. then we finally. Old school. Old school. We st- and to this day, all my music in my Serato is by uh, beats per minute order. Right. Like, wow. Like it's, you can, you can put it, you just click a button, it puts in that order. But some people do by artists, some people's brains work different. But, yeah. right. Beats per minute is whatever. So, we finally like learn how to beat mix, mm-hmm. yeah. and then, um, like I, I, I ended, and there was also all um, all ages dances that were happening around like in East Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to those and see DJs. And again, there's a guy named DJ Kilo C, who I t- up to about five years ago always thought that he was like five years older than me. Come to find out, he's the same age as me. Oh wow! <laughs> so when I was 16, and he's 
the best DJ I've ever seen in real life. He's yeah. 16. Oh my and God. And fucking killing it. So I was, you know, I want to be like him. I want to DJ this all ages party. Yeah. So I kept going and then I got into dancing and we had a dance crew. And just like there would be an opportunity, like, like, can I DJ whatever? Like, sure. Like, bring, yeah, bring your records or, or, you know, another friend of mine would be holding a party mm-hmm. and I would just be, well, I started being known as the DJ pretty early on right. because I was just well, obsessed 16. with it. Yeah. yeah. I was obsessed with it. And then it, when I played, uh, I did pretty good. Like people, I, people liked the, my taste in music. Like I knew this is what 17 year olds liked, yeah. you know, yeah. in the hip hop community. So it was underground. Like we weren't, we weren't playing. I didn't start playing pop music until it was kind of, um, until it was like uh, mandatory. No, until it was ironic. <laughs> oh, oh, until okay, it was yeah. ironic, which was like the late nineties and shit. Yeah. Because then when I got on the radio, I was pissed off because then the 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 the, the ironic factor of me playing top forty music was gone. Yeah. Because now I'm actually the top forty guy. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I would love I, like so I would play like. Maroon Five, this love at a hip hop night, and be like, and people are like, what? And they're like, oh yeah, this is funky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, anyway, my point is, um, I just started like doing, started more, got more opportunity opportunities to DJ. Yeah. Which made me want to get more records and do anything I could to get records and to get money and to. That sounds like I started fucking, but I I didn't start stealing shit. I used to steal mixtapes to make my mixtapes from Save On. <laughs> no, like the blank cassettes. But the statute uh, of limitations is over on that. Yeah, You're good. I yeah, think they took my photo down from the back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have a question. When when yeah, you're sorry. DJing a party or DJing for an audience, like I think one of the cool things is you're seeing people react to the music in in real time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you curate a playlist or what you're going to play? Or is it all improvisation in terms of where the crowd is like how right. do you what's your method uh it's for like the for the weekly gigs like at at the pubs now like at, at colony and at uh let's say um like grand reserva where it's a it's a, a bar yeah that's totally improvisation because oh yeah completely. you don't go in with any plan not at all my plan yeah. is to play some stuff that i really want to play mm-hmm. that i haven't got a chance to play a lot of lately okay cool <laughs> do you often have people be like you can just tell that they're not into it at all and you switch the song so, i mean nice? kind of sometimes yeah. but usually i look for, i don't really look i look for everything actually i look for like like if i play something kind of like niche yeah and yeah. i see like a group of people kind of bobbing their head like yeah. over there i'm like oh, okay cool that's fucking awesome right. because me and them are probably the only people in this venue that know this but they will always remember that i played it yeah yeah so this is how i i i play with people like i use people mm-hmm. to make myself look cooler <laughs> for sure because yeah. what djs what some djs don't understand is that they just want to play the most popular stuff popular stuff popular stuff mm-hmm. but if you don't take a chance and play something that's not popular that you know is good mm-hmm. then because i've been in a crowd and i hear a dj play something i'm like wow i would have never thought to play that that's awesome yeah Yeah. this is cool yeah so i always i always like to to get that that's helped me because people come up to me and say random things like i remember when you played this at this night and i'm like cool and it stood out it stood out so that yeah i've always done that well i was just gonna ask so what about like when you're opening up for jay-z or doing like a proper show right you know how do you curate that playlist right so if i'm if i if i get to do a show where there's going to be a specific 
crowd there. Yeah. And, um, then I I would it's in my best interest to yes. <laughs> to make a, a playlist or an I yeah. have an idea. Just have a bunch of songs, put a crate together. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I'll do like a um an I'll I'll practice a set. I'll do a um Scratch Bastard has this uh, he's famous uh, Canadian worldwide known mm-hmm. DJ, and he has this thing, the Bastards Barbecue, which he mm-hmm. it's basically like a mini hip hop festival that travels around North America, mm-hmm. and uh, he does them internationally in conjunction with uh, the Red Bull mu- the Red Bull Three Style DJ competition, right. which I host the World Finals. Wow! So every World Finals week, he does like the last week after we've seen like five days of DJs going crazy on computers and doing all this. <laughs> insane technology technological like advanced stuff yeah the last night is where everyone just goes and parties and the djs only play 45s they only play vinyl okay cool and it's like and and he's from nova scotia too scratch yeah yeah, he is cool he is Mm -hmm. uh so like dj jazzy jeff plays all records yeah um new mark so i i i have the privilege of playing that party for like the last four years Mm -hmm. so this last year um i was like i was practicing for like three months i was putting sets together so i will definitely and all the top i'll definitely practice and all the top djs like the best djs in the world Mm -hmm. practice all the time Mm -hmm. yeah they all they're like they're like you know kobe bryant practicing all first time first one in the gym last Mm -hmm. one to leave like these guys are perfectionists like dj craze i know scratch bass is always practicing so yeah uh practice is is important all throughout and making a set is important when when you you have like even like a smaller set time. It's like I will play like I have twenty minutes. Yeah, like put something together. Yeah, sure. yeah. Right? yeah. So yeah, so it's. Would Jay Z's people J- be like, I want this and this and this? No, no, no. They didn't. They, just they didn't give a shit. Yeah. They didn't give a shit. Um, I have a I have a question, and maybe yeah. this is a dumb question, so please forgive no. me. Explain to me and, and people listening, you know, what's the value of having a DJ put on a show as opposed to having something pre-recorded and you just press play in a nightclub or something? Like, what's the value that the DJ is bringing in being there live on the spot? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question because that's what um, is happening at Colony Granville now. Mm-hmm. So Colony actually, the Blueprint actually asked me like two years ago to help uh, curate the music for all the colonies. Yeah. So we were going to use Spotify, and I was kind of building these playlists and stuff. Okay, and it kind of didn't go anywhere. And then right. when, and then when, because it's hard to know what's happening at what time, and da da da. Like I yeah. was, you know, I was putting full albums in in the thing. Like I didn't really, know <laughs> what I, was, I didn't really know what I was doing either. <laughs> but it was a we didn't really get anywhere. But then fast forward to now at Colony Granville, mm-hmm. and they decided on Fridays to have a live DJ from five thirty p.m. happy hour. All the way to three, so there's three oh, of us. Wow. Wow. So, the the thinking behind that is that yeah, the DJ, a live DJ there can can see the crowd, a good DJ who mm-hmm. who gives a shit mm-hmm. can see the crowd and just play stuff and see what's what's what the crowd's energy is like. Right. And if they're feeling this kind of vibe, then keep, kind of keep going with that vibe because if you have a playlist and you have like yeah, you know, five thirty to eight thirty happy hour. Yeah. I mean. It's just going to be pre-planned. It's going to be super random. Yeah. yeah. And it, there might be a, a dope song that people kind of get the volume the the energy up and then the next song because the fucking it's the computer mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it'll be like you know something that doesn't match and then right. everyone's kind of it's kind of like a bummer and it feels random. Yeah. Whereas people even can look over and see me a, a human being. Yeah. 
playing and then come over and request. And is that I'll, annoying when people do that? No. No? It's, is is it, there it, any song that you don't want people to request? I guess like R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, are you really still requesting R. Kelly? <laughs> do you still get those requests? Yeah, I got one. And this girl, she thought she was really being like like edgy by saying it. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> you're going to play some R. Kelly? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be crazy? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Get actually. out of here. Yeah. Uh, Would that kill the room if someone did put on? I don't, it's just, I just feel like, I feel very little responsibility as a DJ for anything kind of like serious. Yeah. Yeah. But R. Kelly, I just, I've, I followed the, the, the whole story. I was a huge yeah. R. Kelly fan. It's such a kind of disgrace. It yeah. is a huge it's, disgrace. And it's just, it's so gross just the way that it's, because it only happened in like with, in in the Chicago community of like young black girls that had never yeah. got any attention until way later. He's yeah. just like a, everyone knew about him. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew about him. Totally. Yeah. Everybody. So now it's like Ugh, it's kind of gross because his songs were like in plain sight. Yeah. Yeah. All during that time. Now when you look at it, or yeah. even the the cover of the Aaliyah album. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, we can talk about something so request, else. Yeah. Yeah. So request. Re- don't request R. Kelly. That's I mean, one you rule. can, but I was like, get out of here. Uh, but yeah, no, requests are not annoying. Okay. I mean, it's only it's only annoying if you're asking rudely right. uh, or being a super fucking annoying. Like, yeah. don't be rude. Right. Just ask nicely. Please don't be rude. Yeah. yeah. And don't think you're cute. <laughs> you know? like you're not that cute so let's reverse just a little bit because I want to like narrow in on your lesson sure so yes. you kind of like right. 14, 15, 16 you were working really hard you were kind of obsessed with it yeah. it was like your thing to do yeah. and you said like you, you weren't really into school at this time and your mom was not supportive no my mom didn't understand anything of, of what I was doing right um, and it was really frustrating to me because I was doing, I was dancing. Mm-hmm. We were going to these all ages clubs, dancing, mm-hmm. right? And I was DJing, playing music, and she, and then she would hit me with curfews, and I would get in trouble for shit. And I'm like, right. I'm literally the best child, yeah, ever. And you're working, and technically, I'm, and I'm, yeah, which I didn't think, I didn't think of as working. But fast forward, like um, when I started getting more regular gigs, mm-hmm. my mom would be like, "Where are you going?" And I'd be like, I'm going to go DJ. I'm going to go play at the club. Yeah. So you're going to work. I'm like, no, I'm going to go DJ. <laughs> no, you're going to work. I'm like, you motherfucker. You're like, you know, you're going to call it work because it makes her feel better. His mom's Portuguese, by the way. Mm. That was that little accent. Yeah. So, you know, she she just it, she gave me a kind of a hard time. And then right. I would see yeah. like other other people have parents who are super supportive, mm-hmm. like yeah. buy their kids turntables if they want. You know, like nowadays, right. especially like, oh, well, your kid like is skateboarding at two years old. You know what I mean? Like yeah. has every musical instrument at three. You right. know, like I didn't, uh, you know, my parents were, were old school and this gen- and that generation. Um, and there's four kids. Like we weren't rich at all. Totally. Sure. And But I would ask, I would ask for like certain, I would ask for stuff and I just wouldn't ever get it. Because they just didn't understand. They just didn't give a shit. Yeah. Were you still working at Wendy's during this time? I was or did working you at Wendy's. Oh uh, uh, no, I would work at. I'll, I've been. Wor- I still have a day job technically, and still DJ at, at clubs. You know, the radio is technically my d- my day job. Right. So I was working at Wendy's, working at McDonald's. Um, then after I graduated, barely graduated high school. Um, so what happened with that? Because you were skipping school and stuff. I was. Yeah, grade eight to grade eight to ten, I was on a roll. Kid, student, right? Yeah. Got into music then, hip hop music. In uh, grade eleven and twelve, I just got so into dancing that we 
we were known as the cheerleaders of of Burnaby Central, mm. six guys, because <laughs> we make the dance routines. Yeah, cool. And uh, and do it at the uh, BC uh, B ball um, basketball provincials, like oh, we had cool. the halftime show. Yeah. When, when Steve Nash was half in the finals. Show, I love oh, it. that's amazing. Yeah, cool. at the his high school shit. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and anyway, so in grade eleven and twelve, I would practice dancing on the schoolyard, mm-hmm. on the school grounds, on the stage in the gym because there's wrestling mats set up on the gym. Right. So I w- I would skip out of school, but I would be on the school grounds. You'd still be at school. I'd be at school. So the yeah, there's a lot of there was a lot of shit going on then because I was also <laughs> rapping. Right. And and I then I got like signed to a record. This is gonna go all over the place, guys. <laughs> I got signed to a record label in california oh my god how old are you You're 17 so 16 oh, wow. 17 and that was through my with a guy that i, st- that I was joined a group with mad child who's swollen oh numbers. yeah yeah cool. so i was his first first rap partner we were whoa i was 16 he was like 19 did you ever do anything with swollen members uh yeah i produced like a couple songs and we did some stuff that that didn't get released like right. way later oh wow oh, cool. but like at that time these were my goals you know what i mean yeah. i'm in the recording studio uh, I'm not going to school. The principal calls my mom in, me and my mom in, is like, look, you're not coming to school every day. Like, what are you doing? And mm-hmm. I tell the principal, well, I'm dancing on the stage for one. And then I'm going, I'm, I got signed. I'm going to go to California. Like, I, I got signed to a record label. Yeah. But, uh, and uh, we're recording music all the time. Right. And my mom's sitting beside me. She's like, oh, see? See? <laughs> and then the principal's like, wow, that sounds great. And I remember my mom's face is like, she's just like, I can't believe that the principal is agreeing with this insanity of this child. So my mom always thought I was insane because I had so much energy. I was into this random, seemingly random shit that could go nowhere. Yeah. Right, and I'm always getting in trouble, but I'm getting in trouble because I have other interests. You weren't doing drugs or drinking. You were just doing DJing and rapping. I wasn't, and I could have been because Mm -hmm. the way. The way that the support, like, the support system for my mom, the way that she kind of was like not supporting me right. in those things, yeah, that really, that is the um, parallel, the equivalent of people that that really end up with drug problems yeah. and going to jail. Totally, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was anti-school. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I could have been yeah. anti-cops. I could have been selling. I mm-hmm. I really could have. So yeah. it was like the recipe for disaster. So I didn't go that way. I don't yeah. know for sure, but like I feel like even when I was growing up too, like arts weren't really embraced because I was in in that too, like singing, modeling, dancing, whatever, mm. acting, and so it's kind of like you had to do stuff out of school in order to get the yeah. training in that. Yeah. yeah, and they were like more like, oh, if you play sports, though, we've got stuff <laughs> right. for sports. Right. Um. So it's probably the same or similar thing yeah. for you. You just didn't have that outlet at school. No, so you not had at to all. just do it yourself. And I was doing it myself, and it was fun, and I was getting kind of like recognition at. school school for mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. then i got support from the principal yeah like, that was amazing, amazing. Yeah. it was amazing and did then that change your mom's it changed feelings? slightly because then she saw yeah it kind of changed it yeah um because that's my next question in when you first brought up this lesson you talked about getting the not getting the support initially right so i'm curious when did your mom family kind right. of switch over and we're like all in on i mean on your music uh, I mean, my older sister Sylvia, she was always supportive. Yeah. Um, because we were kind of into the same music. Yeah. Uh, and my brother was always cool about it. He's just like a little bit older. He didn't really understand it. I remember. Yeah. And my younger, and I have a younger sister too. Okay. Uh, so she was always, wow. she always, you know, she always thinks everything I say is funny, and she always looked up to me. So, within my siblings, it was okay. Mm-hmm. 
my parents like my dad was cool about it um my mom they only really saw it when like my dad would go to work he worked construction like a uh, cement mason mm-hmm. and like a younger guy at the thing was like your son's on the radio that's cool. Oh, so cool right and then they became really proud like my dad put like all the beat 94.5 stickers on his truck and shit oh wow yeah <laughs> that's so cool and i remember my mom my mom she just liked hearing from other people yeah. about me <laughs> right which is insane yeah so it took it, other people to kind of convince her yeah. that what you're doing was okay yeah 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 how does your mom feel today she feels awesome does she kind of realize you know that it's been a major career for you and that yeah it's... no she's just like this yeah yeah she's yeah. yeah yeah does she ever say i'm i'm sorry way back then i was like that or is it no, this is a por- this is a Portuguese woman. <laughs> yeah, she's born in 1941. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! She's yeah. not. She. I, I'm like, I just got a dog recently, and yeah. I was like, man, I wish. I, and I on the phone with my mom. I was like, man, and she's like, how's your dog? And then uh, I'm like, man, I wish I had a dog growing up, because uh, then somebody would have been like, would I would have had somebody that liked me no matter what, <laughs> right? Oh, and my mom's like, Ryan. oh. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. So she knows. Yeah. She knows. She feels pretty bad. She had a rough go. She yeah. had like four kids. Yeah. Sure. Immigrant. Yeah. Like she was just doing what she thought was best at the time. She's yeah. just worried about you. Yeah. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. It was like, out of love, I think. Yeah. And did, she did. She really didn't understand me. Yeah. She really didn't. She <laughs> no. really did. I was just like a peculiar black sheep child. Yeah. Black sheep yeah. child. Black lamb. But I always stuck with everything that I did. So so for her to look back now, like, look at this guy. Yeah. yeah. He's literally been doing the same thing since I didn't understand what he was doing when he was 14. Yeah. So here, here it is. So no matter, you don't have the support that you wish you had, mm-hmm. you keep doing it and eventually it'll come back. Like, I feel bad for people that, oh, my mom never got to see me do this. My mom, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know. Just keep doing it because it's your life. You got to make yourself happy. Yeah. It's first and foremost. Can you imagine if you would quit? Yeah, if I was like, okay, mom, fuck, okay, fuck, yeah. okay, I'll go to <laughs> I'll go to night school and not drop out. <laughs> yeah. No, fuck it. Oh, that would have been the worst. I just do a lot of shit for free for a long time and now like I got a job out of it. Yeah. So it's it's okay. I still don't have benefits and shit. I'm still like Me neither. Yeah. Freelance life. Yeah. I'm not I'm not an employee of the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. contracted, but so it's a tough. It's still a grind. Sure. Mm-hmm. So and I always think of of the of the the um like my dad was never late. You know, he woke up at six a.m. every day for four, 35, 40 years, mm. and yeah. you know, and I'm like, okay, I have. I I'll look at that kind of model as like that work just work ethic. hard. Yeah. yeah, work hard. Yeah. Like if I get asked, can you DJ this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Am I not DJing? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not DJing. So yes, I can. Because <laughs> that, that is my job. And you yeah. do a lot of the live or the the remotes and that sort of thing yeah. on the radio station. So that's basically when um, a DJ and one of the announcers goes on location somewhere. Say there's oh, okay, a grand yeah. opening cool. of something, and then Flip Out will play the live music, and the DJ goes on air, and she's he or she's like, "Hey, come down. It's fun." Yeah. Blah, 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 cool. It's just part of the radio gig. Yeah. yeah, which is cool. So you get those, you know, whenever whenever there is one, basically. Yeah, they're yeah. offered to you. So that's a bonus. Flip out. We gotta wrap it up here, yes. but yeah. we gotta. No, no. I want. I want you to have basically the final word. Someone who is looking to start in music. They don't know where to start. They don't have any supports. I mean, now it's a little easier with YouTube, and you can kind of yep. start. But what's that? What's your advice to that preteen who wants to get into it and doesn't know where to begin? Um, I'd say to try to source people. Um, like YouTube is great, and watching videos is super 
great. I do that mm. still a lot. Uh, but nothing beats going to see someone live. Mm. You know, if you see like a DJ or a producer, you know, and and you know some of the some of the festivals are pretty expensive, and that's when you got to yeah. be like sell some pop bottles and shit. Like I didn't, <laughs> I did a lot of shit. Like just try to go, try to see people live, and then you can meet them, and you can get like the real vibe and the real energy and stuff. Mm. It's really important for people to be out um, in in real life and always practicing, no matter how many years you've been in. The yeah, industry. always practicing. It's yeah because you know being out live is really important because. On Instagram and, and stuff, you know, you, you're just looking at it. It's really a different feeling when you're there live. Yeah. And if you're an artist and if you're into what's happening, if you're not just there to be there and you're, you know, just partying, mm-hmm. if you're actually there because you give a shit about what's happening and you're paying attention, it's really, really like, it's it's priceless, really, yeah. you know, to um, to be there. And I see, like, people in the club and I see people doing the self selfies and I'm like, oh, that's what it looks like. You know, like that's what it looks like. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. But then there's, I also see people just not doing it, and I'm like, that's what you don't see. Mm-hmm. And that's these are people that are really here in real life. Yeah, so they're having it, a good time. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it goes back to your question about having a live playlist at a uh, at a, a live DJ at a pub or having a, a canned playlist. Right. You yeah. Know what I mean, it, it does make a difference. It might be subtle, but it's a human connection difference for sure. It's like. It does make a difference. And what what would you recommend for somebody if they're wondering, like, I really want to be a DJ and I got to practice all the time, but what do I do about school? Because your school, you know. Man, you, you got to do both. You yeah. got to do both. I was working construction uh, like when I was 23 or something like that. I worked construction. I, I And then if I had a... If I was lucky enough to get a club gig, I would do the club gig. So I would DJ right. till 2 a.m., then wake up at 6 a.m. Oh to work... I was a laborer too. I didn't have yeah. a fucking skill. <laughs> I was just like chopping fucking drywall off a condo for like eight hours. Yeah, but oh I would do it because that paycheck was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. and then it allowed me to buy buy uh, to buy records. Yeah, or in the case of a, a kid now, it would be to buy uh, maybe some plugins and some uh, non cracked um, like uh, programs <laughs> right. on the computer. You know what yeah. I mean? Or go to festivals. You know what I mean? You, you, you need money. You know? Yeah. And, just got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Stay in school yeah. and also keep practicing yeah. and you yeah. won't get any sleep. But you can do both. You can do both. You can, you can, do can both. go to school and and work and yeah. practice if you want it better. And hopefully the payoff will be great for your for your soul. If yeah. you're an artist, all you need is is to be able to feed your feed your artistic Absolutely. 100%. Soul. And I and I think you are living proof of that. Right. Where do people see you? Where do they hear you? Plug all the things. All right. Um, I have a uh, Bandcamp account. Oh, uh, so it's flip out Bandcamp, and that's where I put up like things, like edits that I make. You can actually go and and download them from there. Oh, nice. Um, then I have Mixcloud, which is I have mix mixes up, and that's flip out. Cool. I'm on Twitter at flip out, <laughs> Instagram flip out, <laughs> uh, and then you can find out all the other information on those. Yeah, things. and the traffic jam. You got to plug. Yeah, the traffic okay. Jam. Yeah, I'm on the tra- I'm on the uh, ninety four point <laughs> five Virgin Radio Monday to Friday five o'clock traffic jam with Amy Spencer and Megan Edwards. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and uh, that's radio, and then in, in colonies the, Friday colony, night. Let me do my week for you, please. Uh, <laughs> once a month, Tuesdays at Celebrities. Oh, okay. Uh, every Wednesday at Bottleneck on Granville. That's all records, all forty fives. Uh, Thursdays at the Belmont Hotel upstairs with Nick Bike, and that's seven to eleven. All records again. 
uh, Fridays, Colony, 8.30 to 11.30, and then once a month at the Fox, Sweet Soul Music, and once a month at Portside. Wow. Saturdays uh, at uh, Grand Reserva on uh, Bodega Restaurant on Main, and every long weekend Sunday with Slow Jam Sundays, SJS, and we just had our past Family Day one at Commodore with special guest Glenn Lewis. Wow. It was sold out. Wow. It was amazing. And what's your day off? Sunday? Sunday. Monday? Sunday if it's not a long weekend. And Mondays. Sort of. Until the traffic jam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. No days off. Hashtag <laughs> no, days, no off. days off. You got to get the music <laughs> to the people, man. Yeah. I love it. I mean, that's my that's me. I'm a, like a working DJ. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I'm not a touring DJ that yeah. much. Yeah. And I, I don't, you know. You got to do what you got to do. Gotta yeah. do you, I, I enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. fine. I get to do other things because this is a got me a lot of other opportunities. Exactly. So, yeah. well, Flip Out, we appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing your life lesson. Yes. And, and thanks for helping us get our shit together. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> and in case you forgot, I am Mo Amir. And I'm Megan Edwards. <laughs> and you can take it from us. You can learn the hard way. Or you can get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs>